Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. said very clearly, food is going to win the war. Napoleon figured that out. He was putting stews inside old wine bottles. It was the best-fed military that, that was able to win you know, countless battles. We would bring kids in from some of the rougher parts of town, and we would take them to the shooting range, and they go, they don't sound like the guns in our neighborhood. I believe that America has the resolve, Bill, to hang in there because Ukraine is winning. One person's not too small to make a difference. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, Bill? Not one. Come on, Bill, you got to have one, a token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Bill, as you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the best bed sheets ever. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Odell, you know, Mike's making a special offer to on these Giza sheets uh, to our listeners. You can get this set of Giza sheets for as low as $29.98. You know, the first night I slept on these sheets, man, I'll never sleep on anything else again. Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. Yes. They can get the sheets, the Giza sheets for as low as $29.98. Yeah, that's right. Our listeners are the only ones that can get that. And the way they do that is they can get it a number of ways. One is you can call 1-800-238-7281. That's 800-238-7281. And use the promo code COMMON. Or you can go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code COMMON. That number again is 1-800-238-7281. And remember, use the promo code COMMON, C-O-M-M-O-N. Thank you so much for your support. Father God, we just come to you just to say thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for reflections. Thank you for allowing us to kind of look back over our lives from time to time and understand where you've brought us from where we could have slipped and fell, and where we did fall. But you were there to help us up. You were there to lead us and guide us. And God, even those times when we didn't listen, we just want to let you know that we heard you. So God, we thank you for keep speaking to us. We thank you for keep loving us. We thank you for keep caring for us. 
as we continue to run this race called life on this journey. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and believe. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you for grace and mercy as my brother asked for. We, we all need that. We've all stumbled. And you've held us up, given us opportunities to redeem ourselves. Lord, uh, thank you for today as we travel about. Thank you for our guest, Brandon, uh, who's been on the podcast before. Amen. Hey, Brandon. How we doing? How we doing? Good. We're doing good. The uh, listen, we wanted to get uh, start talking to you about uh, your experience in Ukraine. You were there for about ten days, and uh, uh, like to hear uh, your thoughts on that and the experience and what you were you doing there. Were you fighting or were you doing what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a whole lot, <laughs> a whole lot of everything. Uh, I'd say, look, it was. It was an amazing, absolute, absolutely life-changing experience. You know, being able to um, to go to a place right that that people have really uh, that this is their way of life now, right? They've actually you know assimilated around this this warfare. So that that was it was very sad. It was a very sad truth to, to experience. But do the you know is positive making an impact. So that the idea was this: uh, the visibility started to die down at least in the U.S. Uh, back in January. And, um, you know, a little frustrated with that, just booked a ticket to Warsaw and then, you know, trained it over to Lviv. Uh, the goal was to make an impact in some way, shape or form, you know, drive visibility, uh, work with um, work. There's a Ukrainian chef. His name is Jovan Klopotenko, a very, um, very special man. OK, work, we work together. We fed displaced men and women. Uh, when I was told people I was going over. There's a, a village that was a, that was in need of some seeds for the uh, their spring and summer plantings, right? And so worked with a local farm and smuggled about 60 pounds of seeds that would feed 700 people. Got that wow. through, the, through the border. Got that um, got that to the village, uh, you know, by the Poland border in Ukraine. Uh, brought medical supplies over to Children's Hospital. You know, it was a little bit, but it goes a long way. And uh, the most important part, I think that that happened was just the the connections and and uh, opening the eyes to what what's happening there and the, the depth in which it's affecting people. So visiting a soldier's hospital in Stree, uh, you know, visiting the, the children's hospital, uh, you know, going to Kiev and seeing uh, outside of Kiev is a place called Bordoyanka that got decimated and uh, shelled. And I work with a very famous restaurant tour there who who's a doctor that that schleps people from the front lines back and forth. You know, so he's heavily involved. He was telling me and sharing stories and it was just this idea of understanding what's going on in this, in this country and, 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 and the real struggle. Wow. You know, we have a vision of what it's like from CNN and Fox news and BBC uh, yeah. being on the ground is a whole different thing. Uh, but before we get started, I want to bring in somebody who wants to say hello to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hi, Brandon. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Good. How are you? How'd you, how'd you jump out of the palm tree? Oh, you know, <laughs> it was a scary leap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How's it going? It's going well. We're looking Good. forward to being back up there in June and coming for dinner again. Oh, I can't wait. That's a blast. We'll get you right by the fireplace again. All <laughs> right. I was jealous Bill got to go the other night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They had a blast. It was fun. It was it fun. It was fun. You know, both times we've been there, it snowed to beat the band. So if it snows in June, I know we're the, we're the jinx. We're not going to be allowed back in Cleveland again. <laughs> I love it. I love well, it. Well, care. thank you. I can't Thanks wait for saying to hi. Podcast when it's done. 
Yeah. But you know, Bill, it's interesting, Brandon. We had dinner last night at yeah. a restaurant here, B, B. Christmas, Christopher's. Uh, Chris Russell, isn't that the gentleman who came over to our table, Bill? Mm-hmm. Now, now here, here we are. Food is a big deal, you know. Food culture and the whole idea of memory. So you went over there and you are a owner of a restaurant, correct? You do well. The whole memories, the whole food, because last night I was telling Bill and Dory last night how well we enjoyed last night. The whole idea of a fellowship over food, the whole idea of memories over food. And you're in a country now that, quite frankly, and you said it earlier, that it's almost like America is starting to forget. So what's going to happen? You know, what's going to happen with this big buildup in the spring when Russia really pushes What's going to happen? And I guess to your point, you said the people are not numb, but it's a way of life. And how do you deal with, and Bill said it earlier, Poland, no, last night when we were talking, Poland is going to give some jets. So Russia says they're going to shoot the jets down. So all this stuff is going on. And in the middle of it, people still have to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look, at, I, you know, I, I said it. When I got back, I, I I wrote I wrote an op-ed. I mean, it's the only way to kind of like decompress emotionally, right? And then and Newsweek ends up picking it up. Really, really, really nice of them too. So hats off. But uh, it was I and you know, I said very clearly, food is going to win the war. Wow. And how's it going to win the war? Uh, well, one, it's winning the war. It's winning the war right now. Uh, for for a moment in time, people can eat a meal. And kind of escape to to a fonder place, right? Even if it's for a moment, and that's that does a lot for your, your body and your psychology. Uh, uh, Klopotenko, the chef I work with, he actually petitioned the UN to make borscht Ukraine's national dish, and he's opened up two restaurants: one in Kiev, one in Lviv, and and what he does is use all Ukrainian product. So he through food has given Ukraine its own cultural identity rather than just the the Russian, you know, Ukraine. It is Ukraine, right? So they're winning a war on the cultural, you know, front. And and like let's be honest, the soldiers that are being fed, the better fed, the better you fight. You know, Napoleon figured that out. He was putting stews inside old wine bottles. It was the best wow. fed, it was the best fed military that, that was able to win, you know, countless battles. They're fed well. And um uh, who's going to win this war? It's going to do it in, in so many different ways. You, you know, people can't tell, but um, yeah, I, I'm you're you're spot on, man. Food is food is food is very powerful. But you Bill, know, do you know what borscht is? Uh, oh, do you know what borscht is? You know, I probably had it because there's a Ukrainian village in uh, Cleveland, and they serve yeah. uh, golumki and pierogi and and uh, cabbage and noodles and uh, and some sort of stew. Is it like a stew? Brandon? Yeah, yeah. So it's beets. You know, it's beets. It's um, you take beets, uh, onions, carrots, and like some meat stock, and essentially you 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 know you, you boil that all together, and then what you do is you throw it in a um in an oven with wood fire. You have to have the smoky presence of uh you know to be called to be really considered a borscht, and and you oftentimes will put meat in it. You know whether it's braised meat or you put just some you know tougher cuts while it's cooking for four hours in that that woody oven. Um, it's it's just it's, it feeds the soul, right? I mean, it's just like what it is. It's borscht. Yep, and yeah. a good piece of bread and a little wine, and you, you life is good. 
It is. No, it is. Hey, before we get going, Brandon, we didn't introduce you and what your what your background is and the restaurant yeah. you own in Cleveland. So let's let's back up a minute and talk about you uh, and your restaurant and your ministry. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Edwin's, right? So we're 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 a nonprofit, right? And the goal is to help men and women who have been affected by the criminal justice system. So uh, we're also a business too. So it's, imagine this restaurant that's a school and the school is a restaurant. So for six months, someone will come to us when they're released or if they've been out uh, in society and we train them in every position throughout the restaurant. This goes on for the six months. The training is wow. to the top. You leave with the fundamentals of cooking. You leave with the fundamentals of hospitality and wine and service and so on. And um, we, we also provide a big hug along the way. So uh, we have um, a campus. So we have four buildings for housing, two apartment buildings that's free for students to use. We have a graduate house. We have a, a, a family house. We have um, a butcher shop, a bakery, a, a library, a fitness center, a basketball court, a farm, a park. It's all in this this little block of, of Cleveland, Ohio, which is which is phenomenal. And so the, the idea is from start to finish, if you come into our program, we will make sure that you succeed if you want. OK, we're not going to pull you through the the place uh, some of the, the the greater additions it sounds strong having the campus and the restaurant and school but we've we've um next month we'll open our child care center so there'll be free wow. child care for any students children in our program we've um we bought the building last year we we're building it out we're finishing up the fire system and and we'll be ready to rock here soon uh, and we also reach across the country we we, we reach uh bill and odell you won't believe this almost four hundred thousand inmates nationwide on tablets so wow. they can take they can take our video course, they can take our um, you know uh, take tests and quizzes and read about these fundamentals. But the the kicking part, the killer part here is the Cleveland Browns. D and Jimmy Haslam will pay for your transportation upon completion from anywhere in the country to Cleveland, Ohio, to do our wow. program. So what happens is people start to hope, and, and now there's a, a real life way of achievement, right? Especially now if you have kids, because we can watch your kids while you while you learn and work and and so on. How far is this from, from Parma? How far it is from Bill hometown? Parma? Parma is uh maybe 15 minute drive, not even. Okay. All right. It's no just so you know, it's no crime in Parma because there's no black people in Parma, according to my good worldwide friend <laughs> Bill Goble. Just so you know, the police <laughs> has always had Parma on lock. <laughs> crime and black people that's going back 70 years ago yeah, listen odell he's there's some truth to that man i wouldn't be driving through there if i was you <laughs> all right take no. the highways go go around <laughs> you know it's thank saint you Pat for the warning thank you for the warning it's saint patrick's day today you could be uh black irish odell there you go but i definitely ain't going in there because brandon already said listen it's safe for you odell to go to poland and it is go to parma so i don't want to get my peas mixed up <laughs> Now you'll be safe with Brandon and I. You know what, Odell? You know what, Brandon and I did this week. We went to the Cleveland Browns training facility with the Boy Scouts uh, because uh, Coach Monty is going to be uh, our speaker at our uh, National Eagle Scout breakfast uh, in Atlanta at the end of May. So he gave us a tour of their facility. Now, Brandon, you've been there before, huh? Cleveland Browns are probably our strongest partner. And partnership, they continually support year after year. They, um, they, you know, they bless us with good. You know, if we ask for some leadership, uh, you know, advice or this or that, they're they're like they're just like a rock in the middle of our community, and they 
And there's nothing they want to return for except for, for, for good to be done. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, that was nice that you came in with us and, uh, and they recognized you for sure. They brought in some of their executives and it was a nice day. It was a good day. Beautiful day. Yeah. And the dinner we except had. Except for one the, thing though. What? Really except for one thing. What's that? Cleveland gave us their ex quarterback and the what? Panthers. We were excited, Bill. We were excited about the ex Cleveland Browns coming down to the Panthers. And boy, oh boy, I don't know what kind of deal that was. And that's not a reflection on <laughs> Cleveland, but it's like, you all want him? Hey, take him, take him. That's interesting. <laughs> Did he ever come to your restaurant um, at all, Brandon, over the years he was there? No, no, he um, he has not been, no, he was not in. So it's not, not a lot of players come through the place. A lot of their coaching staff and, and administration does, but yeah, players not so much. Well, let's go back to Ukraine. What was the number one thing that stuck out when you were there for your 10-day visit? Uh, it was it was war, right? You know, so it, no matter where you were at, Bill, you were surrounded by war. And and this is all by design from Russia, right? This is by design. So they hit the power grid, right? So in Lviv, there's no traffic lights. You know what I mean? Like everyone stops and go. They're trying to conserve power. Um, there's generators constantly running in that town. So all you hear all the day is it, uh, right? I mean, so it's, it's piercing your, your every sense, right? Your, your, your sight is watching sandbags and hedgehogs, you know, those, those metal things to stop tanks. Your, um, your, your ears are occupied by the, the, uh, the sounds of generators or air sirens when missiles come in. Your, um, you know, when you try to eat or do something at night, the power goes in, the power goes out, but people just keep continuing to live. And, and it, it was this constant presence of war. And then that doesn't even go beyond, that's just your physical sense. Now, how about your 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 emotional sense? Because most, most of the time, someone's father or boyfriend or husband is fighting uh, a war on, on a front line or, or beyond. And you just say to yourself, like, this is this shouldn't be life, you know? You shouldn't be displaced or in fear or worried all the time and and then constantly just marinating in war and that was a sad like i said well i left and i went back to poland you know i was in poland and i was in a corner store or whatever they consider a corner store a little, little shop and i had a bottle of water and i'll never forget breathing and there was like a sense of like a weight off my shoulder and, and although i never felt unsafe in ukraine i i felt safe Again, you see what I mean? It was just a weird feeling, but just to, to live like that is just a wretched, wretched way of life. Yeah. How about the children, though? How about the children, Brandon? The children. Yeah. How about the children? Because you all spend a lot of time. The Cleveland Browns are going to come in and talk about uh, the children. And, Bill, you talk all the time about uh, scars. I want to say a scar. Um, aces. Me, aces. 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 I'm sorry. You talk about aces. I mean, my God. If there ever is a case for aces, Brandon, what's the children doing? Do you see and what's the look inside the children's faces? Yeah. So I mean, where where I went was um was an orphanage and hospital, right? And they were they were brought up from a whole other region in Ukraine because it was under um uh, under attack. And so, uh, what do you get? I mean, just it's kind of the way life is, right? You know, you don't see like this uh sad eye or something like that. It's just the way life is. It's what people acclimate to, but. You know, most of the kids are out of the country or, you know, you know, Russia put a bunch of them up for adoption without anyone's consent. I mean, there's there's all these horrible stories. But the point is, it's just, you know, it's not, it's not a way of life, man. And and unfortunately, I learned I learned about Ukraine pretty quickly. 
And, you know, they had a war like this, I think, in the 2011, 2014. You know, thousands of people killed. Uh, they had the same war in the, in the 80s or 70s. I mean, it's like they had it in the 20s and 30s. It's a consistent fight for their 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 independence. And it was like that for Poland for us for a long time. Uh, I bought it. I bought a book. It's like it's for children. It's like the story of Ukraine. And, you know, over half the book is about fighting and war for children. It's like it's like that's what you do, man. Like you you grow up and you're going to fight because that's what you do. because That's what your grandpa did. And that's what your father did. And it's, I don't know, man. It's just shitty. That's all. It was just shitty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you live up, you live in an environment, <clears throat> I guess, you know, Brandon, it, to give give folks um a sense of how uh, of that, and it's probably not the same sense, but when we in scouts, we would bring kids in from some of the rougher parts of town out to our camps, <clears throat> and we would take them to the shooting range and let them shoot 22s or BB guns or bows and arrows. <clears throat> now, I remember one time I was sitting with a couple of the kids and I said, well, what'd you think of that? And they go, they don't sound like the guns in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they live in an environment where gunfire is. Where I grew, where I grew up in Parma, we didn't have that, and even where I grew up now. So to hear a gunshot is kind of a foreign thing, let alone missiles going overhead and air raid sirens, and yeah, and it, it it plays on you. Mm-hmm. It really does. Now you obviously you don't speak uh, Ukrainian. No, no, no. And, and you're Polish by descent, correct? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but um, was there? Uh, a lot of Ukrainians speak English, I take it. Yeah, yeah. If not, yeah, you know, yeah, Google Google translates, you know, it's pretty simple. <laughs> Didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. It's and, easy. Uh, I mean, you just talk into these things, you give it to them, they talk into the thing, and it all spits it out. Yeah. Yeah. So what do the people need? If you were to share with our audience, what do the Ukrainians need? You know, it's support. And I think it's support on like so many different levels. Like, you know, the easiest is financial support, right? You mail a check. Just make sure you, you mail to the right organization. Um, and that's that's important because what government says is going to happen is not happening, nor is it happening at the speed in which it has to happen. And so what, like anything else, we know this in the world, civil society is what wins. And right now the Ukrainians are, they're, they're pulling their resources. They're making connections they're doing whatever it takes to, to raise funds, to, to have, you know, materials to, to fight a war or to, you know, recover from wounds of a war. Um, a girl just reached out to me on WhatsApp. I met there and her, her husband is a medic and, and they're trying to raise money for another car to get people from the front lines to the hospital, you know, things like this. It's nonstop what's needed. Um, a lot of this is unpaid. These soldiers, you know, it's a voluntary thing, you know, they're serving, but what happens to their family? How do they eat? You know, you think about the, the repercussions of, of economic, um, economies at home. So money's, money's definitely an issue. Um, support like prayers uh definitely is going to work when when i was over there i had about 140 pounds of, of goods i was taking from you know america to you know ukraine and there was two volunteers at the station that was the border where ukraine poland meet and one of them offered to carry this bag and i'm like i'm not kidding you man after like 19 hours of travel 140 pounds of things i was like thank you and there was other volunteers that are offering hot tea to people because there was a lot of people doing things like this or coming back home. It was just like their time, you know what I mean? T- time to do a simple pleasure, a simple, a simple hand, and it means a lot. 
I just think that support, and I, I think the most important part is getting over there, man. You you create these people to come there, and it sounds daunting, but it's really not. And it puts money in their economy. It shows that hey, the world cares about us. Uh, I'm trying to organize a trip now to get people over there and, and and just to see what's going on and feel it and spend some money and meet some people, then make a true connection so you can give and donate more money. Um, yeah, that, that's 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 yeah. what they need right now. Bill. Let's talk about that organizing a trip. How would that work? People pay their own way, uh, yep. and then uh, they, they, you have hotels or a place to stay. Where would they stay? Bingo, bingo. I'll, I mean, I'll set it all up. It's uh, it's simple. Airbnbs, man. They're like they're cheap. You know, no one's exactly going there to be a tourist, right? So, you know, we'd set it up. Um, I mean, I, I'm going, you know, I'll be the one with them going place to place and then get them into the places that, that they need to see, man, from the hospitals to the, uh, uh, you know, the places that are feeding the men and women to you, you name it, you know? So, I, I mean, I definitely was thinking about bringing a group of 10 in April. I think that that timetable might have passed. It might have be May now. But, um Yeah. That's important to see these things. And, and if someone was interested in going, a couple questions. One is, what would the what should they budget for that trip, and then uh, how would they get in touch with you to to do that? Yeah, if you budget twenty five hundred, you're gonna, you're going to be flush for a week, and that includes airfare. Um, just you know, I'd say reach out to me at the restaurant. You know, give me a call. Uh, so um, my email is Brandon at edwinsrestaurant.org. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I would love to get 10 people over there just to see and touch and feel. And, you know, we'll bring some supplies over. We'll, we'll get our hands dirty a little bit, but we'll also see what's going on on, on the ground. Wow. Uh, you know, I may be interested in that. I'm serious. When you get – I'm pretty busy. I'll reach out. But I'll, I'll see. What Time-wise, I need to budget 10 days? I think – I mean, I think for this it would be like a week. So okay. it's, well, it's five days there, and then uh, it's 24 hours of travel from where okay. you leave. So when you get there, trains, et cetera, it's 24 straight hours. Yep. So you travel uh, probably to Warsaw and then train? Well, flying to Warsaw, you can take a, a plane to Sheshaw or you can just train <clears throat> to right to Lviv. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I adopted a little girl from Poland out of Białystok near the Ukraine border. Nice. And uh, in fact, that's where I'm heading right now. She's uh, doing a one-woman show uh, with her decorative welding. And so wow. to see her do it, she taught herself that. Yeah, she's she was my she was a professional rock climber for a number of years. She was Holy ranked twenty uh, seventh in the world when she was fourteen. My goodness! Yeah, she's, what'd, you, what'd you feed this girl? I tell you what, a lot of Polish kibasi. <laughs> a lot of kishka. Kishka, a lot of kishka. Who stole the kishka? That's our favorite. Who stole song. the kishka? Hey, Odell, that's a, that's a polka song. Who stole the kishka? It is. <laughs> we put we played in our car when we drive to Cleveland to get us all worked up. <laughs> Folks, if you want to get a good song, Polish song, "Who Stole the Kishka," is a great song. You can get it from uh, who's that? Craig Yankovic was the guy. The crazy. Oh, I don't know. They got the they got the Shard and Polka band now. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, there's there's one, there's another one, Odell. You know, this, this there's a, a lot of religion on this show, so you might want to notice what this one it's called. There's no beer in heaven, and so you, this, the polka song goes, "There's no beer in heaven, so you have to drink it all here." <laughs> what we say in the Baptist church is Jesus turned water into wine. You know, so that's all good. Brandon, quick question for you: With everything going on, yeah, uh, Polis, Poland said they're going to send airplanes to Ukraine. 
Ukraine, mm -hmm. Russia says, if they do, we're going to destroy them. Well, Poland is a NATO nation. So if Russia attacks Poland, then all the assurances that Poland has as part of NATO nation from the United States and others come into play. Now, the whole thing with Ukraine and the ammunition that people saying, okay, we're starting to run out of ammunition or we're starting to have to dip into our ammunition around the world to try to do this. I believe that America has the resolve bill to hang in there because Ukraine is winning. What do you think? And that's a long way to ask this question, Brandon. Yeah. What do you think if Zelensky gets killed? What do you think is going to happen? I think you got the next man up. I mean, I, I think he's a, he's an important figure. And again, I'm not I'm not the guy to ask because I'm not that deeply involved in in the news and politics. But there's some there's some decisive divisiveness on the ground in Ukraine that you you know this guy's crooked. You know, he's crooked and he's just making bad deals and it's, he's in it for himself. And there's other people who say this guy's doing a great job. And uh, but I think the overall understanding is there needs to be solidarity and leadership and needs to be consistent. But I think if that goes, I think you're the next man up. I, 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 it, it may be appear this again. I don't have television, so I couldn't tell you. But it may appear that way to the world that he is the glue. Um, I don't. I don't know that that's the case nationally. And um, they'll continue whatever war. The war is bigger than one person. It's bigger than Zelensky. He just happens to be the the, the leader in charge right now. Um, he's, I think he's a good leader. I think he's a strong leader. But you'll have the next one up. Like it, it won't stop. Well, yeah. I, the reason why I ask the question, Bill and Brandon, is this. I've always said to myself, again, now, I got educated in South Carolina back during desegregation. So my education may not be the best. And Brandon, believe it or not, I failed the third grade and the fourth grade because I don't know. In those days, you just failed black folk in a certain way. Now, saying all that, Paul, Ukraine has been a challenge for... Donald Trump got in trouble because of some issues in Ukraine. Hunter Biden got in trouble because of issues in Ukraine. Maybe that's just the culture. And that doesn't have anything to do with our support to Ukraine. Maybe it's the culture of Ukraine on how they do business. Yeah. yeah. And when you, the way you said that some people see him as a hero, other people see him as a crook. It reminds me of the African nations on how my ancestors who are still in Africa, how they do business. Sometimes how one does business is just a different culture that another culture don't really understand. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I mean, I would agree. I mean, I, I think it's a fair statement. And again, I, I don't know all the cultural nuances to, to what happens in Ukraine, but I mean, they're, they're, they're an arm of Russia and, and they have been essentially under Russia's control, but an independent sovereign state you know, on paper. And so they said, we, we want to be, you know, we have our own identity. And of course that didn't go over well, but I still think the systems that are in place were, were, were built upon that way of doing business. And it's going to take a, you know, probably not just this regime, but the next regime to clear this thing out. But they are, they are trying to build a real society and a real government that's, that's democratic. You know, it's, it's good. It's beautiful. So, you know, you know, I think Bill, how, what do you think? Our drone got shot down. Well, not shot down, excuse me. Our drone over the Black Sea, international waters. What do you think, Bill? Well, 
I think that's been going on for years. They, I think one of the uh, pilots probably got a little too close or was told to get close and take it down. I, I'm not sure, but uh, you know, they've been playing cat and mouse like that in Alaska for years. They send up a couple bombers and then we scramble some jets. And I think part of that is testing the resolve of the individual and how fast they can respond. It's all part of calculation of uh, if you're going to get attacked, how fast can you get jets up there to pretend you defend yourself. But, you know, I, I want to go back to what Brandon was talking about, about uh, and you, you too, Odell, about how you, the way you do business in certain countries. I worked in international division for a multinational company and we were in, I think, I don't know, 80 countries and pretty big businesses. And so I got to be able to talk to people that were doing business in Lebanon, Europe, the Middle East, Africa, uh, South America, and the Far East, and of course, the United States. And I did notice as a young man, there were different ways of going about business in, in each culture. Uh, so for example, in China, if the businessman said to you, that is a very, that's going to be very difficult in our culture, that meant it was hard, but you could do it. Uh, but in their culture, he was trying to tell you no because it was dishonorable oh, wow. to say no. They didn't want to say no, it was dishonorable. And uh, so, um, and, and I also found that, you know, and this is no slam on any particular culture, but the Latin culture, uh, except for Panama, uh, usually had a philosophy of manana. We'll worry about it tomorrow, where, where there was no sense of urgency. Where United States, man, you got to get it done because you're going on to the next thing, it's drive it. And then you go to people like Lebanon and and uh, Israel and a few other countries, and they are astute business people. The the, uh, the Dutch people, the Netherlands, very astute business people. You go to Italians, and they're good business people, but it's there's a lot of flash. Like we would get annual reports; they'd have to present their annual reports. The Italians already always brought their report, not in a binder, not in a stapled but in a leather bound book with high end leather. Wow. It was there. That's how they did it. And so I had to learn that to understand what lenses every country had. And, and I think what Brandon was talking about was the Ukrainian lens that was greatly influenced by Russia as is Poland. Now, Poland's been right. able to step out of that, but I think Ukraine hasn't. For a number of reasons and you know it was interesting when we were doing international business we did some business with russians and the the, the concept with doing business with russians is you make a deal and you think you got a deal and then a month later they don't even remember what you agreed to because you're starting all over again there is never a there is never a completed deal with the russians everything is renegotiable and so that makes it very difficult when you're talking about pricing or machinery or putting adequate product in a container for consumers, the quality you're expecting. Uh, and it was it was very challenging. So, yeah. uh, Brandon, you got a good point. Now, if people go with you to Ukraine, yeah, what can they expect they, they're going to they're obviously not going to be sitting around at a five star restaurant. 
Well, yeah, no, I mean, look at the, the, the world's still going on over there, you know, and it's like Klopotenko's places are nice. There's um, the Uchowski brothers. I mean, they got some nice place. I mean, there's still things that are going on. It's active. There's curfews in place, you know, at 10 or 11 o'clock, you can't go out. That's when a lot of the things get um, transferred to the military and they don't want anyone, you know, sabotaging that. Right. So you can understand plus the safety and well-being. So um, you would expect uh, one, make sure you're in shape. You know what I mean? Like you, there's a lot of you're moving a lot. You know what I mean, there's a lot of a lot of moving around to get there. But once there, um, it'd be like any other city for the most part, but just with the sounds and sights of war around you and and um and you know what we get into is seeing what's going on who's making these these differences you know what does it really look like when a city gets decimated uh and so on but uh yeah just a good old deep dive into a war inflicted country would they be uh volunteering feeding people and cooking or, or oh for sure i mean we we yeah, yeah, that wouldn't, I mean, we wouldn't be doing that all the time, but, you know, the times and days that, that that's possible, we would work with someone and, and you know, offer offer help and support. Um, yeah, you know, this is, it's a mix of getting your hands dirty a little bit, then also, you know, seeing what, seeing the sights and sounds of things and, 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 and really being a, a true ambassador of this war. That's what we need. You know, they, they had the, um, uh, the Jews to this, they're very smart about it. They would get leaders. I mean, even in Cleveland, they take 25 leaders over to Israel. Come see it. It's on us. Let us show you this this, this land and why it's important. And and you come, I, I didn't go. I, mean, I had to pass on the trip. But, you know, obviously it makes a big difference when you see something firsthand. And then you can make your second plan what you want it to be, influence who you want to influence or help who you want to help, donate where you, where you want to give. Um, yeah. That sounds, yeah. you know, we do something like that in Greensboro. It's called the community. Uh, what is it? The culture tour, right, Odell? Yeah, or interfaith. Uh, the Jewish Federation will take leaders. I think I've been on four trips to Israel. And you, you're absolutely right, Brandon. It makes a big difference. Bill went, on, Bill went on the last one. Bill and Dory went on the last one with us. So, Bill, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, and it was life-changing. You know, it's not a it's not a vacation. It's uh, you are going from early in the yep, morning yep, to yep. late at night. Uh, and you're not like you're not shopping. <laughs> you're 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 seeing hospitals. You're seeing schools. You're seeing talking to military people, politicians, religious leaders. You know, you're, it's a culture tour. I mean, you do still see the sites when we were in Israel. We went to the Dead Sea. Uh, we went to Masada. We went to Bethlehem and and, you know, uh, the Sea of Galilee and stuff. But for the most part, it's uh, it's learning what's going on in that country. Yeah, yeah, very Brandon, good. Brandon, do you see the war crimes that people are talking about? Did you witness any war crimes? No, no. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't on the front line of, or you know, or near there. You know, I'm still, you know, hour and a half, two hours removed from those sort of areas. Um, yeah, you. I mean, you'd have, you'd have to be on the ground in an area, or maybe in Kiev, and, and, and it gets gets attacked, and you see those sort of things. But no, I, I didn't see any of that. You hear about them. You know, when I was in Poland, I'll never forget that I was back. I was in Poland in March when the war first broke out and they were talking about. I mean, first of all, it was massive, the amounts of women and children coming through. I mean, it was it's just tens of thousands and it didn't stop. Um, but when I was meeting with leadership, they said that they had to make a, a very important technological change because a, a bus of women and children went missing. You know, you wow. like, yeah. Can you imagine wow. that? Like like 45 people, just women and kids and gone like. Someone picked them up and took them where they wanted to. 
So they updated the technology to track and they put systems of identification in place. You know, again, it's it happens this fast and you just try to mobilize and, and not everyone's going to make make a perfect system in 24 hours. So, uh, you know, that, that hearing that was like, yeah, you know, because you got predatorial people, you know, sex trafficking is a real thing. And yeah, it, it was just like you, you see that you hear that it's, it's not happening at war, but it should it should be a war crime. It's a byproduct of it. Bill Odell, Brandon, I know we're starting to wrap up, but one thing about it, and this is what food does, Brandon, food makes us human. When we can sit around, when we can sit around and break bread with friends or comrades, it humanizes us in the midst of everything. It keeps the flame alive that we understand because you, you're absolutely correct. Ukraine right now, is not the Ukraine that it was a year and a half ago. But people are going to rem remember, Bill, how it was. The elders are going to share it with the young people. And the young people are going to close their eyes and see that picture in their mind what it was. Because Brandon is going back because it means something to him. Bill will possibly go because that's the type of person who Bill is. Let me make this perfectly clear. The good-looking black guy from South Carolina. I will write a check, Brandon, but I'm not going to Ukraine <laughs> right now. I have enough issues being black in America than to go to Ukraine and have to deal with being black in Ukraine. And I know everybody love everybody, but you talked about that the war has been going on for years. They've been fighting. This fight in America around race has been going on from generation to generation. So I'm going to yeah. write a check when you all get ready to go. And I'll yeah. send it with my guy, Bill. But the good-looking black guy from the dirt roads of South Carolina won't be going to Ukraine with you all, whether it's a sightseeing trip or feeding somebody. I'm going to keep my black behind right here in these United <laughs> States of America. Is that good enough, fellas? <laughs> I think I, I think Brandon and I got the message. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you, you articulated that very well, Odell. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, you're turning red on me, man. You're turning red on yeah. me, Bill. What's wrong? It's St. Patrick's Day today, so I got my green <laughs> hat on and my red shirt, and I'm sitting in Hawaii, so everything is good. The uh... <laughs> Well, Brandon, we're getting ready to wrap up here. Thank uh, you. Love to give you the last word. Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, when, when, I think what we'll do is when you get those dates uh, that you're going, we'll throw them on our website so people are interested. For sure. Yeah. I, I said the last word is this, you know, you hear it time and time again, you know, what one person's uh, not too small to make a difference. You know what I mean? And if you, if you multiply that by the world, you, you, you could, you could change any, turn any tide. So, uh, you know, let's just, let's not, let's not forget that and, and do something with a life, right. Do something with our lives and, and, and the, those that we're raising or inspiring and yeah, we can, we can make a difference. I'm telling you, man, we're going to, this war can be won. It's not going to be pretty, but it can be one. Yes. And, you know, and food is, uh, I think we started this by talking about food as being the binder to yeah. keep the people going. So we'll leave it at that. Odell? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. But as long as you all understand, Odell money will go, but the good looking black guy won't go. <laughs> and it's okay, though. I, it's a black thing. Just blame it on me and President Obama. It's a black thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, hey, Bill, Bill, let's just get Odell on a plane. Tell him we're going to uh, 
I don't know, Manhattan or something like that. And then we'll just, he'll, he'll, he'll open the gates, he'll say Warsaw. <laughs> Yakshimash. <laughs> right? Yeah. Guys, love you all. Yeah. Appreciate Find you. Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, executive producer. Jacob Sutherland, director. Producers Jason Gentarola and Matt Golden. And Jinrei Zhang, video producer. All rights reserved. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com.